You're listening to Three Moves Ahead, the official podcast of FlasherSteel.com. This is episode 94. I am your host, Troy Goodfellow, and with me today is my regular panel, freelance writer Rob Zachney. Stay frosty. Oh, God. What? I've been watching so much Generation Kill lately that I, I have decided that before I do anything, I'm going to admonish everyone to stay frosty. Because that way you know you're on your game. Right, because otherwise, forget it. Exactly. Uh, all right. And freelance writer Julian Murdoch. I, I got I got no follow-up to that. Just be be yourself. Be excellent to each other and party on dudes. That's what I got. <laughs> oh, man. See, that would not stand in Generation Kill. <laughs> <laughs> Those devil dogs would have your ass for breakfast. Man, are we dating ourselves with that, Julian. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Wild stallions, man. Uh, hello? Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Still here. I think I uh, lost the picture on my monitor. That's okay. We're all still yeah, here. Yeah, I, I turned off my monitor by mistake. Look at that. You didn't I'm turn off the recorder idiot. by mistake, though, right? Oh God, no! Just the monitor. I'm a moron. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, tonight's show. Uh, they, it is uh, December, and we are heading into the holiday season. So Rob uh, suggested a little bit of a lighter topic after last week's really meaty diet. Uh, home for the holidays, the issue of gaming with family when you go home and see your loved ones, your parents, your brothers, your sisters. How do you cope with all of that holiday love? <laughs> is, so, that a, Rob, is that a trick question? Yes, well, besides the obvious answers, which come in long neck bottles, uh, how do you cope? Uh, Rob, and what what brought this topic to your mind? Is there some horrible story you want to tell us about Thanksgiving? Something go terribly awry? Well, it's on my mind just just because <laughs> I mean, you know, one one problem with going home to uh, see my family is uh, my dad's a recovered alcoholic, so really there are no solutions in long neck bottles available to me. <laughs> um, so all Unless we've got you leave the house and head down the street. Exactly, pretty much. Like the only alcohol in the house is this like weird like fruity wine that my mom sometimes drinks called like Frutesia. Um, so we won't talk. See, about I, that. I, I refuse to believe Frutesia is a real thing. It, it it is a real thing, and my mom loves it, especially like the peach kind or whatever. But anyway, oh. so so the point is like so all we've got to do is deal with each other, um, and there's always a little bit of like awkward you know settling in time and you know trying to get reacclimated to my parents' house. Um, but the other thing is I'm I'm taking the train back to the Midwest, so I get a long train ride. Um, and the other thing is we always have this tradition of sort of playing some board games um, at New Year's with my sister's family. But the problem is that my family's very much the uh, Milton Bradley Parker Brothers type board gamers. And, you know, so I mean, I, I just, I, I you know, thinking about the New Year's Eve game of Scrabble makes me want to die a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, Scrabble is a fine <laughs> word game. No, it, Scrabble is a very good game. I don't see what your problem is. No, it it really isn't. It's <laughs> it's, it's not a good game because you unless you unless you put it on a timer and it's just no. It's, it's is it the math, hard. Rob? Are you afraid of the math? Yeah, it, I am terrified of the math. Okay. Um, no, I'm I'm just terrified of having you know crap letters and then sitting there waiting to you know. You know, come out with some terrible. <sighs> so anyway, okay. so the, the thing is, I'm I'm trying to find a solution. I'm trying to find a gentle way, without explicitly telling my family that their games suck 
and they aren't real games, and I reject them and everything they stand for. Um, I'm trying to find a way to maybe ease them into, you know, something closer to my world. Ooh, that's tough. I see. Now, when you had originally brought this topic up, I thought you were thinking of games that you can take with you to the Midwest and then lock yourself in your the guest room oh, and escape from the family. That, oh, the, the, that, the, the, that is, is coming up table. later. That, that is that on the is table. Com- okay, okay. So the first thing is, how do you make New Year's Eve tolerable with a bunch of people who think the most complicated board game maneuver ever is stealing money from the Monopoly deck because you convinced everybody to be banker? Exactly. Ah, yes. I uh, gosh, there, well, I mean, there are like a thousand answers to that question, and the, the and but only one of them is correct, and that is Ticket to Ride. See, I which, actually think that's too deep end of the pool. No, I think Ticket to Ride is an easy game. It's an easy game to teach. It's easy to understand. It's about you know draw tickets, you connect routes, you place blocks. It's tactile. There's no dice involved. I, I should Something add, my family loves games it. with some confrontation and screwing each other over. Yeah, and Ticket to Ride is a little bit of that, but not a whole lot. See, I, I actually think you're diving way too deep, way too deep into the pool. Now, not as deep into the pool as this guy who contacted me this week saying, you know, I, I bought two games to play with my wife to introduce her to board games. And one uh-huh. was, I think, Arkham Horror and the other one was the New Civilization board game. And I was like, oh, dude, gosh. dude, really? So it's not quite that bad. But Ticket to Ride is still a fairly meaty, strategic Euro game. I would start with something. I would start with simple card games that you can really just sort of whip out and teach in five minutes, like Flux, right? Which has a delightful amount of randomness in it, and everything that you do is at the expense of everybody else. You know, so it has that confrontational aspect to it. I mean, that I can teach somebody to play Flux in five minutes, or Bonanza. I can teach somebody to play Bonanza in five minutes too. Bonanza is a great suggestion. Yeah, and that plays like three players to eight. Yeah, it's, that's that's very quick to pick up. I think Ticket to Ride. You have to be have you have to have people willing to sit there and listen to the rules for twenty minutes. Yeah, but the, I don't know Ticket to Ride. I mean, I taught that to my wife. My wife's pretty smart, but still, I taught it to her very quickly. Uh, it's really I mean, it's a, I, what is really to explain Ticket to Ride? There are routes. You they match colors. There are colored blocks, but and you will there lose are tickets terribly in your first game. That's the problem. Right, you're going to introduce these people, and you're either going to have to sand. But you're introducing it to, but you're introducing it to a bunch of different people. And it's a learning game, the first one, and you can even sit out and watch to be the referee until people know the rules. <laughs> then keep going. I mean, but I, I mean, I can teach somebody to play Carcassonne that quickly, or Transamerica. Yeah, Car- you don't want to teach Carcassonne because Carcassonne scoring mechanics don't make any sense. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, but I, I don't know. I think going too deep into the Euro game well right off the bat can be really intimidating. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't think Ticket to Ride that deep into the well. I think it's a great introductory board game uh, because it is as it's an idea people understand immediately. Connecting routes, building I think roads. That, I think there's something about card games that seem yeah. very approachable to people. Right. Yes. So, so top Absolutely. of my list are things like like Flux. I taught my five year old to play Flux. What Flux. is Flux? Flux is a, a highly random game where basically the, the entire rule set is draw a card, play a card. And there are no other rules when you start the game. And then as you play, you pick up cards that have things written on them, like new rule. The new rule is draw two cards, play one card. right? And so everybody accumulates big hands. And then eventually somebody will play a card that says goal. If you have the following things in your hand or on the table, you win. Right? That so sounds the game like Calvin actually, Ball. 
It sounds like what? Calvin, Calvin. Ball. It is actually largely like Calvin Ball, um, except that it, it evolves completely. There's, it's very hard to play strategically. It is hugely random, um, but it is a great game for getting people used to the idea that, huh, this isn't a game you have to read a whole pile of rules and follow a particular path around a board, and it's really fun and really engaging and really social. And so I think it's a great sort of very, very minor tiptoe into the waters. And then you introduce something like Bonanza or no thanks, or something like that, uh, and it seems it seems natural. Hmm. I, I think the other great choice for social games with sort of quasi non gamers are press your luck games. Okay. Right? So so whether that's something like um, can't stop if which is just lots and lots of dice rolling, uh, or uh, Diamant, which is sort of a card game where you're deciding whether to stay in the mine with everybody turn after turn. Both of those games also teach in about 10 seconds and, and kids can play them really easily, but adults still really enjoy them and they don't feel like overly grognardy. They don't feel like you're having to like really think hard. That's the problem with Ticket to Ride is that you feel like, well, if you play quickly, you're just going to lose and you will if you don't think about it. Yeah, see, the, yeah, but- the, the age issues, one one that I run into a lot is my, my sister has a bunch of kids, um, you know, she's got four kids Um and I, and I bet they all suck at Scrabble. Um, actually, one of them is surprisingly good, and it's not the one you'd expect. Uh, that really caught my mother out. But anyway, um, but I, this is, the one problem I, I do run into, and I don't know if you guys have this problem, is like I get sort of overambitious when I'm trying to like introduce my family to games. Like, I mean, I felt so terrible watching my niece try to play Okami. Um that's a big. You know, like, that's a big ask. Okami's a big ask for somebody who doesn't play video games. Well, she she does, she does, but uh, that was it was it was it was way too advanced, right? So it's you know it's the one the one thing that I really have to look for as I contemplate like what to bring to this what to bring to these family gatherings is it, it's got to be something that you know the kids can at least muddle through. See, and that's what. But again, I mean, it's oh, a what about King games- Me? King me, King me, also pretty easy to teach. Although I, think I some don't people... think I know King me. So King me is a pretty straightforward game where uh, everybody has a secret agenda, which is written on a card that they want to advance a certain list of people's names to the kingship, right? And the closer they get to the kingship, the more points they'll get. And there's a central board which basically just have little markers with twenty people's names on them. And every turn, you basically get to move somebody towards the top of the top of the ladder. And if somebody actually gets pushed towards the actual top, the king's space, everybody gets to vote. But people ha- and and people have certain number of veto cards and a certain number of yes cards. And uh, so obviously, what you're trying to do is to get your person to the top, but not too early. Because if you get them there too early, then everybody, everybody who doesn't have them at the top is just going to veto them. And meanwhile, you're trying to maneuver all the people on your preferred list towards the top. It's very simple. You can play it on a piece of paper in 10 minutes. I, I okay. just told you every single rule in the game. It's not any more complicated than that. You just every turn, you move somebody up the ladder. Um, I, I think that I think that one, some people might have a hard time wrapping their head around the win condition a little bit. Um, I think card games, I mean... I really think card games are the way to go on this kind of thing because also you can carry 12 of them in your bag. Yeah, and that's and that's a big issue. I mean, we're, we're taking the train, so I mean, luggage space isn't isn't that big a deal, but still I, I don't want to be like lugging War of the Ring 
out to Chicago with me. <laughs> yeah, plus, only two, people, only two people can play that anyway. I so know, but that's something. all you need to have a good time. Yeah, you and yeah. you and your girlfriend sitting there playing War of the Ring, and everyone up, everyone else looking on jealous. Merry yeah. Christmas, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I think the other. I'm I'm sitting here dominating the conversation. I'll shut up in a minute. But this is one of my favorite topics because I love just being an evangelist about board games. I also think that for for a lot of people, abstract games are easier to accept when you're expanding your retinue because most people know how to play backgammon, checkers, and chess and, and a whole variety of fairly simple abstract games. So introducing a game that might be a little more interesting than those, like, I don't know, Blocus? Do you guys know? Is it Blocus or Blocus? I have no idea how you pronounce it. I would assume one, it's Blocus, but... You know, the one with the little... It's got little uh, sort of Tetris-like pieces on a board and you're just trying to expand. Again, you can teach it to anybody very quickly. It's a lot more interesting... Oh, is that the one where they're trying to block you off? Yeah, you're trying to block out. Oh, hell, you know, my sister, my sister and her family actually showed that to me last year. They actually own that. Right, and that's actually a highly strategic game. I mean, I play that game. I whip that one out at Rabicons once in a while um, to fill space. It's highly strategic. It's not like you can solve the game and just be good at it because you figured out the game. Um, and, and it's different and interesting. Um, I, you know, there's actually all, there's also a whole series of games that Out of the Box makes. Like I think there's one's called Cover Up which has that sort of similar abstract uh, feel to it. Um, and, and gosh, Ingenious. Have you played Ingenious? No. Reiner Canizia's little hexagonal, it looks like a beehive, where you're just playing these little double hexagon pieces on the board and trying to create strings of certain symbols. Oh, my gosh. The, like, at Gen Con three years ago, that was, like, the game of the year. Like, we, everybody that I knew bought a copy of it, and we just played the hell out of it. Um, also really easy to teach and because it's abstract people don't feel weird about playing it like if you drop a big heavy themed game on someone see that's see that's weird to me though because the the theme is usually what i latch on to because i'm looking at pandemic and i'm thinking oh that's cool right like oh man there's diseases and they're going to take over the world unless we all work together like a family well a a cooperative game would be interesting i mean your family likes uh, combating i mean maybe a cooperative game would actually be a nice change of pace i mean it's a game where you're fighting the system right and pandemic um, is also very easy to teach definitely very easy to teach and i like pandemic but you um, said that you already you prefaced this by saying that you like to beat the crap out of each other well yeah yeah but i mean it's like my family doesn't need a whole lot of reasons to argue um so i mean i'm sure they would find something in pandemic to just go apeshit about all right, so I'm at my last, and I'm going to shut up in a second, but my last big recommendation, and this sort of plays on all of this is, and, and now I sound like I'm just pimping Looney Lab. So I already mentioned Flux. A set of five Ice House, ice house uh, tubes, right? The Ice House cubes are those little pyramids that come in three sets. Okay. And, and the book that comes, that you can buy for that, which I can't remember, I think it's called Playing with Pyramids, um, which has like 50 different games in it. I would say half the games in that book are some of the best strategy board games I've ever played in my life. And they get no respect because you play them with these this sort of set of hippie tiles that Andy Looney came up with. They're all abstract, obviously. Um, but boy, do I get a lot of traction out of that. And you can put a little, you can put a whole set in a little tiny Tupperware container. Wait, what is and this? You play like tw- it's called Ice House or the names of the pieces. Okay. And they, they typically are sold in a tube called a treehouse tube. And with one tube, which sells for like, I don't know, six bucks or something like that, you can play a couple games with the one tube. But if you get a full set, which is five tubes of it, so it becomes the price of a normal game, 
there are dozens of incredibly deep strategy games you can play with these. And that is can, so weird. Uh, come on over, I'll show you. Huh? That's on. That, see, that'd be perfect because yeah, then I, I could just carry a bunch of games like in in my you know in my carry on. Exactly right. So you know, a couple card games, something like Ice House, and you've got a whole a whole pile of games right there. Well, there we go. Julian's just solved your problem. Right, for I will you. shut up now. I've I've been on my high horse. Right. And there <laughs> will be links to all of those products. <laughs> if Julian prov- if Julian provides them, there'll be links to all the board oh, games. Oh, Troy, just just Google it. You'll be fine. <sighs> God, I hate you guys. You can do it while uh, you're editing the podcast. There you go. I can I could do it right now if it wasn't so damn lazy. Uh, so we have uh, so Julian, you're a big board gamer. I'm assuming that. You go home for the holidays, or do you go home at all, or do you stay in the middle of the wilderness? So uh, either people come to us here in the middle of the wilderness of Western Massachusetts, or we go off to California. And either right. way, games are definitely a part of it. My daughter's eleventh birthday is actually this Saturday, and all oh, she, happy birthday. all she wants to do is play games. And so we've been for weeks going through all the various party games that play five that she thinks her mm-hmm. friends will like. Etc. and so on. So games are always a big part of it. And so in California, there's a stash of games that we add so, to every time we go out there. So, t- so explain. Them. My family doesn't don't, don't doesn't play a lot of board games. So I'm going to be pretty much sitting out this. It's not something they've done a lot of, uh, even as I was growing up. Uh, so where what is a place of games in your holiday ritual? Uh, board games, or we all eventually we'll get into the flee to your room with your DS. Uh, topics in a bit that's, that <laughs> yeah, that's a do. whole different that's, a whole, that's different. a whole different part of the holiday ritual right. uh but what is the role of board gaming in your family traditions i mean this is something that you take very seriously you have these big conventions we have all your friends and relatives over in the, a couple times a year and they just get together at the house clearly very important to you as a social glue so how does that fit in your family rituals is there a time for it no, the things I, that are I, discussed. Is it's it just actually, something that's all, just background noise is always there, or it's actually the thing. It, I mean, Rob, you you kind of said it without meaning to. It actually kind of replaces alcohol, right? Because like if yeah. you go to a, if you go to a big awkward party with adults and you kind of don't know everybody all that well, and you're not sure you have all that much in common, and everybody has three beers. It acts as like a social lubricant. People just sort of stop caring about that awkwardness pretty quickly, and. Right. Um, you know, in, in our big family gatherings, which tend to happen um, with my wife's family because she has a big extended family, um, you know, it's not it, – nobody's everybody's not drinking 18 beers and getting soused. And we have a really broad age range, age range. And instead, sort of my way of connecting with the different groups has often been to say, oh, let me get the – six-year-old and the nine-year-old and the 12-year-old and we'll all play castle ravenloft for three hours and that becomes a way that we can kill those six hours between when they showed up and when the thanksgiving turkey's actually (laughs) ready uh, without just sitting there watching football and we can actually have a shared experience where then we actually have something to talk about for the rest of the day right oh i can't believe you rolled that natural 20 twice in a row whatever right games are about creating that shared story of playing the game with people and so it really has acted as a kind of social glue to pull the different age groups together and to right. pull folks that I only see twice or three times a year together. Yeah, I don't see why football can't do that. Because <laughs> everybody sorry. sits on the couch and just watches. Hey, don't get me wrong. Well, so what, if, doing, the, what if the game is I'm doing the Patriots fan. Come on. We, we're just like decimating everybody who walks up. Literally, like a factor of 10, everybody who walks in. That all stops this week. Oh, dear. 
we'll see about that. Yeah, it's probably not going to be a pretty game, but yeah. Yeah, as I said, like my family is not a gaming family. Uh, doesn't uh, their board games have never been a big part of our? Uh, okay, so my mother will find a card game she likes, and usually something quite simple like Uno, which is fine. It's a good family game, uh, but it's really not something that's been a part of it. It's not something I can really contribute to the discussion on, which is you know kind of depressing. Um, I would like though last year uh, or two years ago. I brought. I bought my brother-in-law Memoir Forty Four for Christmas, which is not a great game, but it's it's a game that is good enough to get people interested in it. To get people interested in the idea of here's a game you can play. Here's the dice. Here's the planning. Hang on, just one thing about Memoir Forty Four. Do I find that's a game that I tend to underrate when I'm not playing it, and then when I finally am like, you know, hell with it, I'm gonna play it today. I always enjoy that game much more than I remember enjoying it. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a fun game to teach. It's an easy game to teach. And I was kind of hoping he'd play that. He, he had started doing board gaming with his uh, Dungeons and Dragons group. You know, th- things like Catan. I'm not sure if they ever go to Carcassonne or, Agri- or Agricola, uh, but certainly some Catan. So I was thinking, yeah, here's Memoir 44. Here's, here's a game you can you know you know about World War II. You can roll the dice and you can get into it. And you know, we we played a couple. We played it a couple of times uh, that Christmas I was there. Uh, whether it's come out since, I have no idea. Um, might be nice to find out, but I will not be in California for Christmas this year, so I have no idea uh, if that will make an appearance or not. I, I certainly like the idea of family gaming over the holidays, not as a replacement for alcohol, because you know, <laughs> what that could would, be? That, that's un-Canadian. Um, and uh, for our listeners, I'd like to hear if any of you have, you know, if games are a part of the uh, your holiday rituals, because I think. Bit by bit, gaming uh, board games are. I think they are making a comeback. We've I mean, mentioned this before. That there, there really is, you know, space for uh, gaming today. Um, that there really wasn't. I think uh, when I was younger. I think there really is actually growing appreciation for these board games um, at a larger scale. I don't. I know I have more people asking me what's a good board game than I probably ever have. And I've never tried to portray myself as some great board gaming expert, but people are actually, actually, you know, thinking, hey, this is something worth doing. So if any of our listeners do have holiday traditions related to uh, board games, please uh, jump right in. Um, anyone want to add anything to that? Not really. I'm just, you know, I, I'm thinking about those, those those old board games that, you know, like, I don't know how it was in your family, but like, Periodically, my parents would just get get on this kick where it's like we had to play a board game, but it was always going to be like Monopoly or Sorry or you know some game in that vein, and it always just left like it left such a bad taste in my mouth that it kind of turned me against board games, and I think I think it actually kind of turned them off too, and I, I feel like only now are board games sort of getting out from under that reputation, you know, like among mainstream consumers i i I think that barnes noble and borders are largely to credit for that right i mean i was just shopping in the in the barnes and noble here in the middle of freaking nowhere in new england for you know stuff for my daughter for her birthday and there was a huge selection of games and yeah they had you know a whole bunch of parker brothers and mattel and those kinds of games there but they also half the display was dedicated to what i would consider quote-unquote real games like like actual like 
German style board games and stuff. And I was really impressed. It's out there. It's out there, which is great to hear. Let's move on to the, um, you know, the darker side, the dark, the darker <laughs> side of holiday gaming, uh, the, the flight. Um, I, we are, let's try to say as and strategy gaming as much as we can, because uh, that's why people tune in. Uh, though, if you have any other experiences, please chip those, please bring those up. But, you know, when I'm on the road, it's really hard to play a good strategy game. Oh, uh, you're so because, wrong. You're so wrong. Well, let me, just, let me, let me explain why. Sorry, not a good strategy game. How about an, an in-depth strategy game? Yeah. Uh, because it's hard. To, you can't just take out your, take out your laptop very easily. Uh, especially where I live, there's no real good wireless connection. So I can't play multiplayer most of the time. There's no internet. Um, my netbook, God love it, is amazing for conferences, amazing for Starbucks, crap for gaming. I can't even play a a net, uh, I can't even play a, a roguelike on it really well because it doesn't have the uh, a, the keypad isn't right. I need my numerical keypad all in rows, not this stupid diagonal crap. Uh, so it just so it's really hard. For me. I, I, I fight to play Europa Universalis on it, and EU two works okay, uh, but the screen resolution's a bit messed up. Messed up doesn't feel right. So I keep going to my DS. You know the DS is I think is not just the success story of this console generation, but it obviously is the biggest seller of all the con- new, uh, of this console generation. Has done a lot for innovation, and uh, in, in tons of different genres. I think it is underestimated in the role it plays in family harmony. That it is really a great, <laughs> you know, relationship saver because you can. It's most of the strategy games you can play in the DS are. Short enough that you can get a couple of sessions in while you're waiting for something to get done. You're not necessarily antisocial by sitting there with a small little Game Boy type thing. Um, they're great for curling up with young nephews or nieces and letting them watch what you're doing and letting them play with it a bit. And maybe play uh, with them if they have their own. Right? Maybe play with them. I know one of my nephews, he's uh, getting a, he wants a PSP for Christmas, So, and I or, drew his name. Or, I, I I, I drew his name in the draw, so I get to buy something for him. So I'm gonna have to get Are you some suggestions. Really gonna get him a PSP? Oh, I'm not. His mother oh, is. Oh, okay. I have yep. to get him to go with it. A book and something uh, he'll actually a, a book and something he'll actually do. That'll endear uh, you to him, Troy. Here's your PSP and a book. Oh, he loves me anyway. Excellent. I, I'm awesome. So the, I, th- I think I mean the DS is a great thing. What I was I I liked. Um, I mean, I keep singing the praises of the Dawn of Discovery on the DS. Uh, the missions are generally quite elaborate, and they take a long time, but that's something you can go back to over and over again. You can save them at any point. Um, and it's nice just to see things move. And if you do have younger nieces and nephews around during the holiday season, and if you don't, I recommend you get some younger nieces and nephews to be around during the holiday season and make it a lot more fun. Uh it's colorful and it's pretty. You can explain what you're doing. Oh, I'm just building a farm here. Here's what the farm does. And you can show the connections. And it's certainly a lot better than Panzer Tactics uh, for promoting some holiday bliss. Uh, the DS, I think, is a wonderful... It's, the, it's not just a perfect travel tool. It's a perfect holiday tool. So I retreat to games like Adon of Discovery. I will even play Age of Empires um, or Age of Mythology, which well, are gosh, great strategy there's, games. There's so many. I mean... I mean Julian, what are your? I mean, first, do you flee? I mean, you sound like you have a really happy, harmonious family. Oh, oh, oh! Don't, sits don't, buy, don't buy the they, hype. They, 
Don't they, buy the they hype. Pl- play board games and sing Christmas carols. Yeah, they and- also send their kids to bed at like four. Not four. Seven thirty. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I definitely, I definitely escape. I will, I will cop to having, uh, interrupted many a family gathering because it's nine o'clock on a Monday night and that means it's wow time. That's, that's what it means. Doesn't matter where I am. Uh, and uh, so, no, I definitely am an escapist on those kinds of things. And, um, I, I will say that my go-to game, I mean, I traveled not a Super fancy laptop, but I guess slightly better than yours, Troy. But, but it's civ- just, a net, just a netbook. It's not the, even the Civilization big. series. That's always my go-to when I'm traveling. I mean, I you know I'll fire now Civ Five, but forever it was Civ Four. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like, oh, I'm just gonna go uh, check my email, sweetheart. <laughs> I'll be back in a little bit. Fire off a hundred turns, right? Oh, okay, everything's fine. And we're like, oh, I'll sit on the couch. Yeah, I'm just gonna check my email. Yeah. Some watching yep. some crap TV show I don't want to watch, and a hundred turns of Civ Five, right? I mean that. That's absolutely I'm just going to check. My oh my god! They, they, they always sins. fall. They always fall for that. They do. It's a beautiful thing. So it's hard to beat. Um, it's hard to beat that. Um, the real, the real thing for me has not been so much my DS, which I, I have played. I mean, I played a ton of the Advance War series, right? And you're going to say iPhone here, aren't you? iPad, iPad, iPad. Because not only are you getting not only are you getting stuff like Plants vs Zombies, obviously, and stuff like right. that, um, but there are so many great board game conversions for the iPad. I could sit there and play Small World or Minor Canizia Samurai or whatever forever and ever and ever. I mean, there's so many great board game conversions for that that uh, it can really suck up a ton of time. And if anything that you're playing that's online. As long as it's not flash based, you can keep playing it. So whether you're playing, you know, one of the various sort of perpetual long form, uh, you know, uh, long form games like, uh, oh crap, I'm losing the name of it. The one, the big space uh, one that we were all playing Neptune's recently. Neptune's Pride. Neptune, thank you. Neptune's Pride, right? You right. completely check in on your Neptune's Pride turns there, um, or you know, like like the stuff that Soren's been doing on Strategy Station totally playable none of that uses flash so those are great platforms for that because you can just sort of sit there on the couch and everybody thinks you're actually watching tv and you're not you're playing a game well see as as we've been talking here i've been thinking about like um i had to buy a backup drive the other day and i was at best buy and i saw you know a lot of really good laptops like good computers um just for ridiculously low prices and i'm thinking you know, why should we bring our two busted-ass laptops back to the Midwest with us? Why don't we just get... Like, we need to replace one of these laptops anyway. Why not just get... MK's just, like, saying no. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> she's, she's looking at me, waving me off. That was loud and emphatic. Um, but I'm going to roll with it anyway, because I, I think I can talk her into this. But, like, why should we take these, you know, crappy, like aging just one step above a netbook you know computers and why shouldn't we just bring a real like a computer that can actually do some quality gaming i mean because i gaming like, laptop the holy yes. grail yes yeah, so, you know it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be anything too fancy it's just like you know something that can you know handle I don't know, so you can handle Civ 4 without breaking a sweat, or you know, even Civ 5 on medium settings. I mean, something like that would make me so incredibly happy for the holidays. Um, because the one thing I really miss is 
you know, just sort of being able to keep up with the games that I'm enjoying here at my apartment. And I feel these sort of like separation pangs as, you know, as I head home. Uh, Because basically it's going to be a couple weeks of just, you know, nothing, you know, not to knock it, but I mean, there's times that I, I don't want to play, you know, castles from good old games. Uh, but that's that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Fair enough. So, listeners, if you think that Rob Zachney should get a new gaming laptop, <laughs> be sure to vote in the poll that I should put. <laughs> but um, God, she would kill me. Yeah. So there, there is. I mean, the, the one thing, the the one thing I am kicking around for the for this break is. I'm thinking that I might make this the winter of Panzer General 2. Hmm. Why would this be the winter of Panzer General 2? You didn't play Panzer General 2 the first time. No, I didn't. But it'll play on your crappy-ass laptop? Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. It absolutely will. And it's still, I mean, like, I look at that game, I mean, the art still looks pretty good. Like, it's a pretty game. Um, and I don't know, I could just, I, I could go for that sort of, you know, beer and pretzels war game experience, you know, in my backpack. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I mean, if if you're if you're really trying to dig deep into that, I mean, you know, all sorts of great stuff will play on. I mean, all the all the heroes of might magic stuff. I mean, it's slightly off the strategy genre, I guess. Um, all that stuff will play great. Uh, I mean, what else does good old games have on sale other than PG two? Um, Tropico, I'm sure. Good old games is a million million yes. things. You really can't Absolute go wrong with good old stuff. games. Yeah. Oh, you go with all, all the Simtech stuff you missed the first time around. So there, there's one other thing that's on my mind, and that is, how do I get my fix of gaming with real gamers, you know, you guys, um, while I'm enduring holiday festivities? Well, it's all about whether you have internet access, right? Oh, yeah, that's that's a given. Right, so, I mean, if you have internet access, I have been playing the crap out of stuff on uh, Game Table Online. Okay, so tell me about this because, like, I, I have not, I have not been to that site yet. Uh, okay. Like, so what's so, the deal? So the two, the two big places to play like board strategy games online are brettspielwelt.de, which is a German website, which is like the worst, most hard to navigate site in the universe, but they have really good implementations of a ton of top board games, Puerto Rico and Dominion and on all these. It's, it's got everything. I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the site that Bruce and I use. To yeah. Play. yeah. So all of our games it's where right. he teaches me all the games that he beats me at. Right. So that's the place where I think he's lying to me. the spiel de jar winners are always there and everything, but the interface is terrible and the chances of yeah. figuring that out on your own, unless you're hugely dedicated are pretty slim. The closest thing we have in the English speaking world that's sort of well managed, it's called game table online, which has a very strange mix of games. Games, right. So they have mm-hmm. everything they have is implemented extremely well. And a lot of it is actually implemented with very good AI. So you can actually learn the games on your own before you subject somebody else to your suckitude like me, um, like me. And sorry, I didn't mean that you suck. I mean, the I suck. And I hate jumping into a new game being like, hi, I don't know how to play. Um, but they have stuff like Acquire. Uh, and they have a bunch of Axis and Allies variants and stuff like that. They also have 1960 Making of the President, which is my current new hotness. Obsession. Yeah, it's my current obsession. Um, and they ha- it's all Java-based. So you can play it 
if you if you're willing to poke at it, you can play it on a Mac or you can play it on a PC. It doesn't have any big heavy requirements or anything. And the implementations are are completely rules based. So there are a bunch of systems out there that you just sort of get a board and a bunch of cards, and you and your partner on the other side have to know what you're doing. These all actually completely implement the rules. So if you you know, move your unit into China, and that's supposed to mean that you lose three units over somewhere else. It automatically does all of that. Um, and a bunch of the games are free, and the ones that are not free, you pay, I don't know, a couple bucks for. Not not a lot of money. It's it's good old games level prices. So that's that's sort of my go-to thing. And the other thing is that um, we were talking about Memoir 44. Days of Wonder just launched Memoir 44 online complete with AI so you can play against real people or against the machine yep. um, which I have not yet played but apparently is really good yeah if you're like me uh, and your internet connection in the middle of nowhere and New Brunswick is even more the middle of nowhere uh, when I go to visit my own family it's worse than where Julian lives uh, there isn't a re- I don't have a reliable internet connection I can get a wireless signal now from my brother's house uh, but it's once again, limited by the computer, but just you know, staying in touch with the gaming world is interesting over the holidays, seeing what other people are doing and playing, and uh, if they're surviving uh, their life. I mean, I probably talk more about games than I actually play them uh, these days, which is kind of sad. Uh, I don't know, that's occupational hazard, though. It really is, but it's fun. I have good people. Um, so yeah, that's... So everyone has big plans for the holidays. Everyone's going home pretty much except me, I'm assuming. I'm I'm at home. I'm staying at home. We have a quiet yeah. quiet Christmas coming. Oh, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I've been I've been like in the last couple weeks I've been thinking like plausible excuses that I could feed my parents. To do what? To disappear? <laughs> to disappear. To not go. To come back to not east? Go? To come back to Western Massachusetts and play board games in my yes, house? Yes, yes, pretty much. Jolgan is your new father, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> new much, Uh-oh. much older brother. <laughs> much, much. Much, much. Thank you. That was nice. Yeah. That didn't hurt at all. <laughs> uh <laughs> This has been a short show. Do you have anything else to add here? I'd be like half an hour at this rate. Oh, really? Yeah, I've only like 38 minutes. Oh, man. Hmm. Not that we need to say more, but, you know, you haven't said a hell of a lot. <sighs> That's a nice way of putting it. Thanks. <laughs> Schmucks. <laughs> I meant in time. Not that you need to say more, but you haven't said much. <laughs> Christ. This episode's a watch. Hey. You love me for my honesty. I do. Certainly not uh, there. <laughs> um any other holiday stuff we can touch on here? Uh good games to give as gifts. Oh. It seems like it's gonna get redundant fast. Yeah, it will, because uh, that'll just lead to or the best games of the year, blah, blah, blah. And that's where we're going to be ending up uh, quite shortly, I would think. Um, please fill the comments with ways you survive, uh, get your strategy and board gaming rush going when you're visiting family over the holidays, when you are pressured to, you know, be nice and jolly, and hey, you'd rather not be. In that vein, I, 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 have a, I, I want to take your guys' temperature on something. Okay. 
is it acceptable to bring a video game console home with me for the holidays? No. Mm, only if it's a deliberately social. Like bringing your Kinect over or your Wii, that's different. Bringing your like Xbox 360 so that you can play Halo Reach, probably not so much. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm just going to go with a hard no there. Okay. Cuz I was thinking, you know, bring the PlayStation home, hook it up like Hey guys, costume quest. Halloween. Shit. Cost- See, Halloween, Halloween has a game. Halloween does. That's it. Costume quest. You found it. It was Halloween. No one gives Halloween anymore. That was that was last month. Halloween is so October. Plus, you can also say that every horror game ever is a Halloween game, so that doesn't quite count. Yeah. Okay, so it looks so like you looks like you're staying here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, though I would say no because it does have the ring of. Uh, it's a little dickish, right? Like, yeah. you know, I, I I really don't want to be here, but I do want to be there, of course, because I love will, my family. But you, you were hoping you were hoping we would validate that, weren't you? Yeah, you I, was, I, I was. That's okay. I, I was kind of hoping you guys were going to be like, "Oh man, everyone loves it when a PS3 shows up for the holidays." I would yeah, love a PS3 yeah. for the holidays. Yeah, if you're somebody was giving it to you, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, listeners, if you want to buy me a PS3 for the holidays, <laughs> uh, I appreciate it. No, I'm kidding. I do not need a PS3 quite yet. Um, so, yeah, now we have we've solved all of Rob's uh, visiting the holiday problems. And next week's show, I promise you, will be a little bit more organized. I don't know what the hell happened tonight. I'm probably just punch drunk from all the ribs I had for dinner. Uh Next week, we actually have a topic planned ahead, suggested in a form spring question today, and I thought, wow, I can't believe we haven't done this one. Uh, we're going to talk about end games. We've talked a lot about tutorials and getting into games and the starting. Wait, why didn't we just talk about that? What? Never. Because it, we didn't have enough time to prepare for it. That's why. I've got to think about it. Okay. Right? I just got the question like two hours ago. All right. I never thought into it. Uh, so we didn't talk about it. Uh, what about end games? Uh, what makes a good end game in a game? When do you, are you satisfied at the end? And uh, at what point does an end game undermine a design? And what time point does it enhance a design? So next week, uh, hopefully, we'll have a full panel or much of a panel. Or stay frosty. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.